the wooing of Ishtar. As the two friends fought with Humbaba, the goddess Ishtar heard the tumult and descended from the sky onto the mountain. What mortal dared to challenge the servant of the gods? Who would dare to invade the cedar forest? Ishtar prepared to call together the gods for battle, but soon she stood for a while to watch the terrible fracas. As she watched, she began to admire the two heroes, their agility and their courage. Thus, standing quietly, she saw the destruction of Humbaba, and at the same time, she fell in love with Gilgamesh. She followed the two warriors down the mountainside, heard their laughter, listened to their boast while they bathed in a fresh spring, and put on clean garments. She hid in a clump of bushes and watched them over them while they slept through a night and half a day. Then she called to Gilgamesh. O king of the city, I have watched your battle with my servant, Humbaba. I have seen the desecration of my forest. Terrible will your reckoning, will be your reckoning when the gods learn of this insolence. Gilgamesh jumped to his feet and looked all around him. Enkidu, am I dreaming again? Did I hear a voice? Did I hear threats against us? I too heard them, O king. But wait, Ishtar continued. I am prepared to forgive you, Gilgamesh. I will take you as my husband and set you among the stars. I will petition the gods to forgive you. As the husband of Ishtar, you will be above reproach. Save your threats, great Ishtar, Gilgamesh called out. I am not afraid. We too, Enkidu and I, have done a great thing. We have saved the bright face of Shamash. We have rid the city of the demon that daily threatened it with smoke and fire. We have delivered the shepherds and the farmers from the monster that each year devoured their huts and their flocks and that cast its blight over their fields of grain. We have freed the people from terror. O oh, Ishtar, we have earned honor for ourselves and our name. will be great among mankind. We need no favors. At this, Ishtar wept, and her tears were like liquid starlight as they ran down her cheeks and splashed on the ground. O oh, Gilgamesh, your chariot will be of gold, and its wheels will be made of carnelian. I need no chariot, O Ishtar. My friend and I will be carried on the shoulders of young men. The children of Uruk will scatter flowers before us. As my husband, Gilgamesh, kings will bow down before you. Your goats will bear triplets, your sheep twins. Your oxen will have no rival for strength. Your horse has no equal in running. Poets will sing... <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Poets will sing of our deeds, O goddess. Old men will praise us. We will be kissed by all the girls in Uruk. Oh, beware your arrogance, Gilgamesh. The goddess Ishtar does not offer her love lightly. Oh, I know about your love, mighty Ishtar. Whomever you love, you soon tire of and destroy. There was beautiful Tammuz, your husband. Him you consigned to hell for one half of each year. There was sweet singing bird, the Rolo that loved you, but you broke his wing and cracked his voice so that he flutters around on the ground, croaking, Kapi, Kapi. There was the fleet, free horse that you loved. Your gift to him was the spur, the whip, the bit. There was the proud, unconquerable lion. You admired him. For him, you dug a pit and set a trap. The shepherd of the herd adored you. You turned him into a wolf so that his own sons drive him away and his own dogs bite at his shanks. Your father's palm gardener loved you. You turned him into a mole that must burrow under the earth this way and that, and never again will you see the sun will he see the sun that he loves. If I loved you, Ishtar, you would no doubt destroy me too. Such was the reply of Gilgamesh to the goddess.
Ishtar shrieked with such violence that it seemed as though the sky would split apart. Then she ascended into the heavens. With loud cries, she summoned together all of the gods from the places where they were in order to rouse them against the king. But Gilgamesh and Enkidu, careless and gay, turned their faces towards Uruk. The city had never before, and has never since, witnessed such a celebration as that which greeted the adventurers on their return from the battle with Humbaba. A holiday was declared. All work ceased, feasts were laid out everywhere, and the people went up and down the streets carrying standards and bright banners. The young and the old gathered in the family house and sat cross-legged while the two heroes told the story, repeating it again and again, and answering all the questions that were asked. Singers immediately made up love songs about the adventure, dancers acted it out, and scribes laboriously engraved it on stone, or pressed the words and letters into tablets of wet clay. Runners carried the clay tablets from city to city, and when it was asked, Who is this Gilgamesh? The answer was thus given. He who has seen everything, he who knows everything, he stands seven cubits high. Two-thirds of him is God, one-third of him is man. He is the most glorious among heroes. He is the most eminent among men. And Enkidu is his companion. Such was the return of the two heroes of Uruk of the Walls, Gilgamesh went to the palace of his mother, who welcomed him with the greatest of joy. Enkidu, on the other hand, hurried to the temple of Ishtar to look for gentle Harim. But there he found the courtyards empty, the doors shut, the gates bolted. Ooh, that's actually the end of that chapter. I thought it turned on to the next page. So let me read that again with some finality in my voice. Such was the return of the two heroes of Uruk of the Walls. Gilgamesh went to the palace of his mother, who welcomed him with the greatest joy. Enkidu, on the other hand, hurried to the temple of Ishtar to look for gentle Harim. But there he found the courtyards empty, the doors shut, and the gates bolted. Mm. This is getting interesting, guys. It's pretty good.